It's episode 49 of Honestly Unbalanced, and this week we're chatting to Okiem. This may well be one of my favourite episodes. So Okiem is an exceptional pianist and composer. If you're into any of my classes, you may well have heard him on my playlist. His music style is cinematic classical. I personally think he is basically the next Ludvico Einaudi. Uh, and he creates his signature sound by combining piano, orchestral instruments and synthesizers. He's toured on keyboards for many of the biggest artists in the music industry, from Leona Lewis to Tiny Temper to Boy George. And then he actually relocated to Moscow for three years, touring with the Rus- Russian sensation Sergei Lazarev. I hope I've said that okay. Uh, Okin wrote three songs for Sergei's album, Electric Touch, which uh, certified gold, uh, including the song Instantly, which featured on the Hollywood movie The Chronicles of Narnia, The Voyage of the Dawn Dreader. Uh, he is an awesome guy. He's uh, written some amazing music. And if you want to just listen to him straight away, check out his solo album, Zero. That's X-I-R-O, which you can find in lots of different places and hopefully maybe you can get to see him perform somewhere either alone or with a group of astounding musicians that he's called the Infinity Orchestra. In this episode we chat about creating sensory experiences through music, the process of songwriting, all about Moscow saying no to Leona Lewis, getting slated by Simon Cowell, navigating self-promotion, what it means to be successful and personal uh, positive development habits enjoy the episode guys oh and always guys a few little deals for you that get us a little kickback too so code the hustlers gets 10 percent off the amazing lifeform yoga mats it gets a very specific 37 percent off mp clothing uh, which you can find on the my protein uh, website where you'll get that 37 percent off everything and finally Code the Hustlers, all caps 25. That's the Hustlers 25. Gets 25% off our online platform. And you can use that for a year payment or you can use it for the recurring monthly payment. And that gets you that amount off forever. Honestly, so I noticed that you've worked with amazing people. You've listed all these amazing people out. And you know what? I was a bit offended, mate, because. I wasn't there. Like, Holly wasn't there. It didn't say. It, did, it didn't say. I like, work with like, Adam Hustler. And, you know, I, I, I stumped on the first question. <laughs> now, do, do you know what? Um, we need to do more together. Is actually because we've only done that one event. Um, that was all. It just happened to be us in the same place at the same time. But we didn't actually plan what we were doing. But we should definitely do more of them because. Everyone's been asking me, are you doing more? The music to meditation mm. events are so popular. Um, yeah, I, I think we should plan to do more of those. And then yeah. you'll make the official bio. <laughs> Be <bought> behind <laughs> Prince and John Legend. Uh, <laughs> but in serious note, when, when, when I first met yeah. you, I hadn't, I hadn't heard your music before, but I yeah. played a lot of similar stuff in my classes, you know, from like Oliver Arnold, who I know you, you mentioned, yeah. Einaudi, Luke Howard, uh, Hannah Rani, all these kind of people have always been in my class. Uh, not in my class, but Live. Like in my, yeah. <laughs> Imagine. I've always been playing their music. And then when I heard you, I was like, what? wow what the hell mm, this is incredible and yeah. i just felt like in that class just shutting up like i just leave everyone lying on their back and just have a concert with you like 20 minutes Shavasana. yeah what you do and like the talent behind it is is phenomenal like how have you been received like in that kind of yoga and meditation world because you've done a few stuff you've done stuff with michael wong as well and just breathe yeah. project how has it been received mm. do you know what? it's been really amazing because um like you say for me it's especially when either yourself or someone like Michael's leading it. I want the music to just sit underneath and just support and create the atmosphere. And then if we leave a few minutes just to have just music and let people kind of go into their own mind and meditation state even more, it's brought, brought these really intense experiences mm. and emotions, like these amazing messages. Um, and people have literally said they will remember that for this like a lifetime experience. Oh, wow. mm, like they remember wow. that forever. Um, it, they're very emotional a lot of tears it sort of stimulates a very deep emotional mm. uh, quite profound response because i guess with this with the atmosphere 
combined with the music it just lets people experience whatever they need to experience mm. so, and that's kind of where I try and fit in is not going it's it's not a concert it's not a performance it's just letting the music help whatever it needs to, mm. to in that in that moment this is what I love so much about you because you know a lot of the time with musicians it is a performance it's you know kind of look at me this is what I have to offer this is my work all eyes on me and actually one uh, when we came to one of your concerts and I actually you know played my singing bowls I was so yep. honored to be in yep. the orchestra with you yep. you told yep. everyone to close their eyes and just really it was like a sensory experience so you really work to provide an amazing sensory experience for people to go yeah. into themselves rather than look outward has that yeah. has that always been your vision from the start or did that naturally progress along the musical journey do you know from the start i kind of formed like these musical philosophies if you like mm. and um, that helps to guide how this whole thing works and it's it's been um probably not what you would expect from musicians because mm. obviously like you said we want to be on stage this is our moment look at me yeah. I'm doing my, my thing and um because I've worked as a keyboard player for a lot of world like the best artists in the world I've been observing I've been observing mm. and one really weird thing stood out to me which was you get these artists who sold out massive venues but they could still feel threatened on stage for example uh, I won't give names, but one, one artist I worked with, we got a stylist for the band. He said, the band need to look incredible and do their thing. Yeah. So we had these stylists, we had these amazing outfits. The next artist I worked with, he wanted the musicians in all black and at the back of the stage. Mm. And I remember one day we were on tour and I had, I bought like an eight, in, in America, I bought this t-shirt for $8 in H&M in America and had a bit of silver down the chest. And he looked at me and said, are you trying to steal the limelight? <gasps> Who was it? <laughs> I, was like, yeah, I, <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> I, I can't say. And I literally, then the tour manager came and had a word with me the next day. And he said, um, so just be careful. You know, Like I had a white, at that moment, I was into my G-Shock watches. And is that kind oh, of, yeah. that kind of suited the vibe. And I had this white G-Shock watch. And he's like, no, even the watch is too much. So I was like, what's the point in having the best musicians yeah. surrounding you? And we're just not a part of your show so that really helped inform my whole philosophy i'm like i want to have the best musicians on stage i want people to know they're coming to see the best musicians and it's all about the whole experience mm. because like these guys i was watching I was like they could do this show solo and still sell it out mm. and they know that well some of them didn't but i was like i i know that most of the time me and the music is the attraction but if we can have amazing people on stage make it all about the audience and there's no kind of um doubt from me i don't need to overshine anyone i don't need to overdo anything we just let the let the music do the talking and it's worked like amazingly like i said I, I met you holly it's like immediately we need you in the show Aww. come and be a part of it and um all things like closing their eyes mm. where i know a lot of artists went no look at me look mm. at me and I'm like, no, you take a moment and close your eyes. So it's all these, it's just that initial philosophy. It's all about the listener and not, I, I know they'll enjoy the music, so mm. I don't need to force it to be about me. Yeah. You know? can, can I ask then, leading on from that, is that because you've done a lot of work on yourself to get to a place where you feel really comfortable in your own skin, so it doesn't need to be about you anymore? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, you have to, because it is it's very vulnerable, even though, artists come out on stage with this large in life persona especially when you're playing your own music you're literally mm. saying i made this yeah listen to it please like it please like me love <laughs> you know, it's me still, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so it's, you are putting yourself in quite a vulnerable position mm, so yeah. Uh, yeah i had to take some time to just be really comfortable and especially for me because my background before doing like the composing and the orchestra and the piano music i was jumping around on stage playing you know, playing with Tiny Temper, yeah. you know, like headlining festivals, topless, wow. shots on stage. <laughs> you know, it's, a <laughs> it's a completely different energy. So then it's like, now I'm like, please take me seriously as a composer, <laughs> you yeah. know? So you had to work up to feel really comfortable in my own skin and are, are there any kind of comfort blankets, I guess, that you mm. still have on stage? 
Like you, you wear cool jackets. I'm not saying that's a comfort blanket, yeah. but you got pretty cool yeah. jackets on. But <laughs> yeah. is, is there anything that you do still to kind of, when you feel nervous, that helps you settle or anything? You know what I mean? Mm. Do you know, initially, that's a really good question because initially I was like, my most popular song is a song called 50 Horses. Mm, stunning. And my first gig I ever did, I played 50 Horses first to get it out the way because I didn't think anybody would like it. Yeah. I was like, I really like it. And I, and, um, and I was always really nervous that even as even at 10 shows in 20 shows in 50 shows in I, my comfort blanket was I would play a piece by Ludovico Einaudi. Okay. I'm like, Aye. that's proven. He's got <laughs> a, he's got a uh, hundred million streams or whatever he's got. And people definitely like Einaudi. So if I'm, if I'm three or four songs into my set and I wasn't hundred percent sure I was playing Einaudi piece. That was my comfort blanket because I knew he was accepted as as great music. Mm. And it was until someone came and said to me after a show, they're like, you don't need to play any covers. Mm. They had no idea that was kind of going on in my mind. They mm. said to me, you don't need to do the covers. I prefer a set of just all your music. Mm. I was like, really? Oh, you, you like it? <laughs> you yeah, like my music? <laughs> and, and actually, that when you do that, when you add a cover, yeah. It's one good thing, perhaps, doing it initially when you're building your reputation is that people immediately compare you. Like, yeah. you're listening to your music, then suddenly an Anaudi. I remember yeah. I thought, actually, I love Anaudi, but actually, yeah, well, let's go back, go back. Like, yeah. it's all that's on the same page. Opium. I've heard that song yeah. before. Yeah. yeah. So, it's, it's, which is, so it's quite nice, I guess, initially to have that comparison. So people start yeah. to put yeah. you and Anaudi or similar yeah. music in the same place mm. yeah. and can directly yeah. compare, in a sense. Yeah. Can I ask you a question on you talked about emotion and eyes closed and I know you use blindfold sometimes yeah. in, in, in class, in, in class, in, in your concerts. <laughs> Challenging. Uh, and I always find this really interesting with classical music in that obviously all music stirs up emotion, you know, mm. like, you know, and part of that is the lyrics. You know, if I hear the Rocky soundtrack and like, it's like, oh, you love it, I don't got you? it. <laughs> oh, that, you know, ah, I'm crying. So music obviously brings out emotion, but often mm. that's due to the lyrics reminding someone of something but with classical music, obviously there are no lyrics, particularly mm. with piano music, there are no lyrics, and yet it can still bring about the same emotion if you actually take the time to listen to it. And yeah. I just wondered, what are your thoughts when you write, when you compose? Are you trying to get emotion across? And if you could just speak about emotion and classical music, I guess, in a broad sense. I mean, 100%. For me, it's literally all about emotion. And I love there's no lyrics. That's to me, the, the best thing. Because you're not led. Like, I could write a song that means something to me very profound. But because it's got no lyrics, someone else hears it and they got a completely different meaning mm. on it. And they've got, they create a whole different story and they're seeing things in their mind completely different to what I see. Whereas if I wrote that song and I'm saying this is a song about heartbreak or about love or about the, and I'm leading your thinking, it's a, it's a different thing. So that's why I love no lyrics. It's open. Everyone, like when I have blindfolded audiences, I ask them to close their eyes and I say to them afterwards when I speak to them one-on-one, -on -one, what did you think about? What did you see? And like, the answers are amazing. It's because there's one guy said to me, it's the first time since I got married that I thought about the moment I turned around and saw my wife walking down the aisle. And he's like, it's just so beautiful to actually stop for a minute and think about that mm. moment. No. And someone said, I thought about my grandparents. Someone said, I thought about an ex from 15 years ago. Yeah. You know, everyone's gone into their own world and had these there are moments. So yeah, I re and things, I really had to hold on to that because when I first started playing this music and I was in touch with venues and trying to put on a show, they kept saying, can you add a singer? Can you add a singer? Mm. And what, there's no lyrics that I kept. And I had done a few gigs with Leona Lewis and they're mm. like, oh, how about you get a song and could you call Leona? And I was like, no, <laughs> a, don't, I can't. Don't want and B, her. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give her a shot. Can you pop down? <laughs> We're just gonna... No. So I had to kind of fight for no lyrics in, in some of the venues I've been playing in. I was like, just trust me, the, the music mm. will do the talking. And yeah, I think it's a great thing. I think more people need it. So obviously you've got the music with the lyrics that you, you love and you sing along to. And then you've got the music where you just it's yours from a yoga sphere mm. i feel that makes it like so much more pure to not be trying to lead someone somewhere like as a new yoga teacher i used to play music with lyrics and you know i'd play Beyonce. Like, anthony and the johnsons at the end because i wanted people yeah. to cry you know like, yeah. i would try and guide emotions in class mm. yeah and i think that 
in a world that's full of like so much distraction mm. and a world where the media, Facebook, everything is trying to pull us in certain directions, the presence of just simple, not simple, but complex and or simple classical music mm. is something we actually need more of. Where it's very honest and it is what it is. And again, when mm. you're trying to direct it, again, it's coming. It's it's about you again, isn't it? It's about look what I can do for you. Whereas if you just yeah. let it be about the music, then it's then it's for everyone and there's no barriers, like you said. Yeah. Can I ask as well? How, what's your process of creating music? Do you does it sort of because I read somewhere that um, the album title came to you in a dream, which was yeah. which is so cool. So I'd love yeah. to know, you know, where the inspiration comes from. Do you just sit down and play, or do you have a process? Yeah, I mean, I've really tried to understand that as well. In an ideal world, in an ideal world, you want <laughs> as little distraction from life as possible. Um, so when I wrote my first album, I was rethinking really where I was in my life. So we just done a big tour and we had about three months off. He said, right, we're going to, uh, we're going to wait till the summer festivals kick in. So I was like, right, I can sit at home for two or three months, mm. nothing to do, but just write music. So like my mind was clear. I knew I didn't have to go anywhere. I can make a routine. And so I was in this, I'm talking, I felt like every time I touch the piano, I'm going to write a song. Mm. Mm. So in this creative space, it's like every time I sit down, a song is coming out, a wow. good song is coming out. And I'd wake up in the night, I'm hearing music in my head. Wow. I mm. literally, I'd run to the piano in the middle of the night and make a voice note. Oh my God. And just write, I'm hearing it in my head, I'm trying to recreate it. And literally any time, and then as I've made one song, I'm hearing another, oh, there's a violin part. Wow. And it's like the music was just, coming to, into my mind and at this amazing rate and it was just the best feeling I was like this is this is really cool and then every morning I'll go for a walk and i would listen back to what I'd made the day before and even that was quite I was like man this didn't exist yesterday mm. <sighs> and that was quite a cool thing and then I had this dream and the word zero comes up in the dream and I think because of these daily walks and thinking that this didn't exist before is like he's saying this word zero means to create something from nothing mm. and it's such a weird it's really clear it's really like yeah and i didn't even google the word first i probably should have checked if it meant what it meant i was like no nah, that's what we're going with that's the name of the album oh my god and um and that was that was it, it really just stuck so the creative process me the best i in an ideal world you kind of just the outside influences have gone and you can just dig into your creativity. Mm. You're not distracted all the time. You're not got to go out here. You're not got to, I wasn't playing any gigs. I didn't have to go out and play. It was just go for a walk in the morning. I had this amazing park near my house, sunrise. And I, I listened to the music. I was like, man, I'm really feeling this. Mm. And, was, and that was my thought. I was like, if, if it's doing something to me, somebody else out there is probably mm. going to like it as well. Because I nearly didn't release it. That's the funny thing. There's no record label. There was no manager. It's just me making music for me. Mm. So it's like, if creatively can come from a very sort of pure place, and you're just like, you're not trying to manipulate the music. It's not I'm making music for Radio One or for Classic FM or for this. Or it's, you just make the best music you can. And do you think that these beautiful songs that you create, do you think that they would have come if you hadn't been through? certain life experiences yourself because you know they, they say that you create beautiful music from you know life experience and pain that you've been through does yeah. that does that resonate yeah absolutely I mean I, I know I, I feel like I've had a really interesting life in that I feel like my extremes have been very extreme um you know for example I graduated from uni in, in June and that September I moved to Moscow to wow. go and live in Russia for four years. And <laughs> yeah. can, can I have some context behind that? Okay, I just, so the, I mean, the context is, so I, there's an audition for a Russian artist and I auditioned for it and I got the part to go and play keyboards for him. Now, bear in mind, at this point, I'd only really been doing classical music. I'd done maybe two or three gig gigs in my life, uh, but they really liked my style and thought it'd work with him. We go out there, it turns out he is the biggest pop star in Russia. Oh, wow. wow. We are playing for thousands of people. We did one gig on live TV for over 100,000 people. Wow. You know, so it's like learning how to deal with these pressures. You look at these and it's quite extreme when you haven't necessarily trained for that, you know. 
Um, so things like that, living abroad, the people I've met, how I feel about humanity from dealing with so many different people around the world. And um, I think that all ties into the music. I think that all shapes the emotion. Can you speak any Russian? Did you learn <laughs> a little bit? What was that? Do you speak Russian as well? No, no, God, no. <laughs> I thought we were you about to have... You could have said anything. <laughs> We've got no idea. I thought we were about to have a chat in Russian. Have a thing. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I, mean, I can't speak so well now, but I learned to at least have a, a bit of a conversation. So what, in those four years, were you kind of constantly touring? I guess it's a big place. Were you constantly yeah. touring or were you just... Yeah, yeah. Russia's huge. So we did Russia, um, Latvia, Ukraine, Kazakhstan, uh or that sort of part of the world. So, and what's what's the musician called? Would would we know him? Or was um, if you're a fan of Eurovision, you will know him. I mean, <laughs> he did Eurovision for Russia and came second, which is wow. Excuse me, a big, big, big deal in Russia. It's okay, a, I know we mess about with it here, but in Russia, you are royalty <laughs> if you are winning Eurovision. So his name is Sergei Lazarev. Look him up. Cool. And what kind of what yeah. kind of music is that? It's just good pop music. That's cool. what it is. Good, yeah. I mean, he had some great songwriters, like amazing ballads, and and I wrote three songs for him as well. Mm. So, um, oh, yeah. Wow. And so what, these kind of experiences, like just a bit. So, yeah, so I think it all, it on the in. on the creativity thing. So you've just described somewhere where it was just flowing out of you, which sounds incredible. Like, yeah. have you had blocks as mm, well, and how you, how you that. deal with them? Because there's there's a, a writer, Neil Gaiman, and yeah. uh, say ask him like, how does he get through that i didn't ask him that he's you know, but someone did yeah. and yeah. uh <laughs> and his process was he will go and sit down in his garden room and the rule is he is sitting there for six hours whether he mm. writes or not he either has to write or just sit they're the two mm. options and then after six yeah. hours he comes out and sometimes he said i would just sit there for six hours but that's his i really like that that's his mm. rule there's no phone yeah. there's no reading yep. something it's, wow. it's one of those two things like, what's, what's your process that's interesting. Um, so when I did feel a bit of a block, it was more, I would just press record mm. and I'll just play for about 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. I'll listen back to it and I'll try and pick out a phrase or something in that, just playing that I thought was good. But essentially what, what's happened now <laughs> is, um, it's funny because that first album was so free. It's just self-released and it was, it was great. I've done my second album, but it's unreleased because now we're trying to do the whole record label thing, yeah. um, the proper release, mm. and that is taking. But I've got, I've got another two albums ready to go. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, I've got a hundred voice notes of songs that could be developed. So I've got, I'm not felt for my own, my own compositions a real block yet because if anything, I've got a backup of oh, wow. unreleased material that I'm really. I've been performing for two years. We just haven't released yet. We're trying to get the whole music industry thing mm. right this time. So, so what what do you feel that y you have struggled with along the way as a musician? Because I mean, we all get them, don't we? I, I guess yeah. at the beginning of of your career when you started, was it a lot of effort and hard work to get to where you are now? And what were your sort of personal demons, I guess, along the way, if any? Yeah, the what's really hard is getting comfortable with controlling what I can control. Mm. And is when I started to believe in the music, I'm like, right, I think my music deserves a place in the world. Yeah. I think I deserve to be on these stages. But one thing I can't control is fame. I, I wanna be famous for the music. Yeah. I don't personally care about personal fame, but I want the music to have a life and spread. Mm. And maybe I should care about personal fame more and promote myself differently, but, um, that was quite hard because like I said I've, the music has taken me so far, but I play on stages around the world and sometimes people don't know who I am. So they can't then go and follow up the music. Yeah. And a lot of the time now I get, it's weird. I get booked as an artist to play covers. Oh, really? <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh. So for example, and, and these are, I'm talking the, the biggest events in the world. Um, like I've gone, and, I went and played for in Saudi Arabia for the royal family of Saudi Arabia. Wow! But I went there and played covers. Mm. <laughs> you know, so it's a it's some stray because my fame profile level isn't at a stage yet where I can come in and just play my own set completely. But they love my music and they love my talent. 
So they'll say, okay, maybe play one or two of yours and can you do like an hour of covers? Mm. Okay. Um, but you can, just, and, you can just slide it in, can't you? Like you start an hour doing yeah. and suddenly like, <laughs> get a key change. <laughs> I mean, I mean I'll, I'll, I'll paint this scene for you. So imagine it's one of the most exclusive things you can imagine, literally. Um, and the first time dinner, they've got all the VIPs. They've got the Royal Family of Saudi Arabia. Uh, Nora Jones has just played. So she's wow. like in the front table with her band of, you know, world-class musicians. Catherine Jenkins is on the next table. Mm-hmm. You know, the biggest selling classical artist of all time. Um, and it's just, that is the scene. And I'm there playing. And they are loving it. Catherine Jenkins came to me afterwards and was like, oh, I wanted to get up and start singing with you. It was just incredible. And so within that, I'll play a few of my songs. Um, and then the funny thing is like, I then got asked to open up for Nora Jones. Uh, and last minute they pulled it because they didn't want another pianist to play before she played. Ah. So the, yeah, so it's like, it's it's been a weird thing in that um, if anything I've struggled with, it's like, I, w- I want more fame for me, but for the music. You are the vehicle. And, you are the yeah. vehicle I'm that can take the music. Yeah. 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 And in a way, maybe I need to be more sort of self-promotional and more more look at me look at me look at me mm. so it maybe i'll give music some more legs so as you can see i'm still dealing with this in my mind now because i'm like i know the music people love the music that and now i've done so many shows and thousands of messages i know the music means something to people but it's like it's bridging the gap between where i'm at now and becoming a bigger artist yeah. to share it further have you had are you like working with anyone on kind of the brand and the brand image and your your image etc yeah, I will literally finally in the process of signing a deal now. Cool. So that will finally open up to having a, a creative team, some strategy, all that kind of stuff beyond just my mind. And okay, on that note, are there any things that you're like, they might want to change this, but no, that's a no-go. I want to keep that. Like, I, I, I guess you've set those rules in your own head already of what is you and what yeah. you want to keep. It's just the music. So I'm kind of at a place now where I'm more comfortable being open to ideas around pretty much everything else. But okay. the music has to stay pure mm. and let that come from me. So you're gonna you'll go topless wearing short shorts <laughs> if they let you play. <laughs> <laughs> do, you know, do, you, do you know what's crazy is um a that works. <laughs> that's the worst thing about it. <laughs> but you know I I put a picture on my Instagram stories, and I put a little poll and I said and it was a topless picture. Yeah. Um, I grew up as an athlete, so back in the day the six pack was real <laughs> yeah and i put a poll and i said guys should i do you think i should promote myself more like this and then i put a picture of rita aura where she's basically naked yeah and promote the next single and everyone pretty much like over 90 percent were like no we love the way that you present yourself mm. and it respects yourself and respects mm. the music and I got all these messages i was like i know that and i have to stick to that and that has to work that has to be the way um because I, yeah i could be the topless pianist and mm. i'll probably go viral on tiktok yeah <laughs> you know yeah. playing i don't know but that's just not the road i want and that down. is i think that's a danger for any career especially when social media is involved uh, you i 100 percent know it would work more well, not maybe actually not in my current state but if i was if i was if i was topless more if like hollywood yeah. no clothes if we did like yeah. in bed with the hustlers oh and God. weird stuff like, like it would fly and and it's yeah. just it's hard for you because of course you know what would get you money quicker what would get you more reputation quicker but is it the right reputation no. and would yeah. you be happy every day doing that mm. and yeah. and actually that is the bigger thing i think of all to be happy and content and true to what you're Being doing. true to yourself, yeah. That would yeah. give you more long-term contentment, although it might not get you the bigger TV mm. in the short term. <laughs> yeah, I, do you know what's weird? It's like, I think in the sort of, in my gut, I, I know it's gonna work. I don't know how, I can't quite connect all the dots, but I mean, for example, it is weird because some I keep ending up, you know, on a big stage. And it's literally now, um, in a couple of weeks, I'm gonna play the O2 Arena. Wow. So it's someone else's show, but they've asked me to come and play a song. So what we're sort of negotiating now is I need my name on the screen. So people need to know who's playing and who's written the music. So it's that kind of, there's people who've seen what I do, appreciate my talent and Mm. want to get me involved. So it's just 
building the program. And it's a good name. It's a good, it's got a good ring to it, hasn't it? It's a good <laughs> name. Can I, I want to read something that you you said in an interview that I, I really resonate with and I absolutely love and I want to share it. You Because yeah. the, the question was, what is success for you? And you said that success is creating the music. So simply the creation, the completion of a piece of music. And then if it gets out to the mass audience, then that's just the bonus. So yeah. really, you're already, you're already successful then because you've got the music out and now yeah. you're just going on to the next yeah. level. And you actually then go on to say, it's dangerous to label success uh, as a never ending journey. And there is, there's no mastery, there's only another level. Mm-hmm. So you're it, just, you just keep jumping to the next level and it never ends. That this is it because I've had friends who've had success. I'm talking like stuff that you know someone starting their journey would dream of, and they're disappointed. Yeah, and mm. like, what are you? What are we doing? Like, you made this amazing music, you create a great show, you've done um, like enjoy it, enjoy it. So, yeah. and uh, I say I, I'm just I'm really proud to finish the music and have put it out there because mm. I know a ton of creative people who've never released their creations Mm. so that to me that's the win that's the win obviously now that i'm in it i want more but i say it's more for the music because people enjoying it so much yeah this needs to go further Mm. um yeah what what would you say to people because there are so many people out there as you say who i I think everyone is born with something to offer this world to make it a better place and there's always Mm -hmm. a choice at some point you know do i keep it inside or do i let it out and you you get to that point in your life where you have to kind of choose and you've obviously chosen to do it and and you're you're successful in what you're doing so what would you say to someone that's listening that's like oh my god I've got this amazing thing to offer but I'm just I'm just too scared to get it out or I can't do it like how do you get over that hurdle do you know you have to feel the fear feel the anxiety that you can't ignore it and then you just have to you have to just get over it you Mm -hmm. have to don't ignore it internalize it like I tell you I I used to get what I call social media anxiety. Like yeah. I would load up a post and my finger would hover over the yeah. share button. <laughs> no. And then, no. I would, and then you just, just do it. Just put it out there. And you, you ha- if you do feel that fear, I know some people just like share, 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 share. They, uh, but if, if you do have quite a high sort of anxiety or care level about what you're just, you have to feel it and mm. just still do it. Yeah. It's the only way because the worst thing about it is not sharing it. When yeah. it's just sat, on your hard drive for years or mm. and you've not uh, I think that's the that's the that's my frustration now not putting out my next album mm-hmm. I've got all this music to share and I'm like it's yeah, coming I, I want to do it I can't wait to hear it yeah I want to do it you just got to do it yeah yeah oh god feel the fear and do it anyway is, is this is the Basically, saying isn't yeah. it yeah. yeah have you had any like people not slate or slate you or say negative things i think it's i can't imagine it no i can't you're a lovely guy and i guess with the kind of music you do it's just beautiful like mm. you can't be like oh the lyrics are crap it's quite <laughs> it's, it's all quite pure but have you had have you had any criticism at all along the way and how have you dealt with that mm. uh, do you know what <laughs> i have i've had t- two experiences like that okay um one is really constructive is actually my first gig and is this girl, she, it, it sort of changed my life in a way because she saw my music on Facebook. So I'd only put it, I shared it with my friends on Facebook. It wasn't like a big release or anything. I just said, guys, I've made this music. I hope you enjoy it. She hears it and says, I really like it. Can you come and do a gig? And I hadn't even thought about performing it live at this point. So I go and do it. And this is the one where I play 50 horses first to get it out the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, and at the end of it, she said to me, really nice music but all your endings were a bit predictable. Mm. Maybe you should. And I thought, thank you. Cause obviously as, as, as a musician, that was, you know, constructive sort of feedback. Uh, and it was great. So I did then change a couple of the endings of my songs. Cool. Um, so that was nice. The only other time I've had uh, really sort of slagging off comments again, quite extreme, but I got asked to do a TV show called Britain's Got Talent. Oh, um, I haven't heard of that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, oh, this was a whole story. But, you know, I went and I said, yeah, great. And they were amazing to me. They said, look, we love what you do. We are not going to input creatively one bit. Just do what you want to do. And I said, amazing. Great. At this point, I've done about 200 shows. So I know what works. And in my mind, I'm thinking, out of all the songs I've got, the most instant connection, if we're going for like that straightaway hook someone it's 50 horses mm. like i've played this song 
like in all scenarios. And I just had got some new management at the time and they'd heard one of my new songs and said, no, 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 trust me for TV, for TV, you have to do this new one. Just believe, believe it. Mm. And annoyingly, I went against my own instinct, did this song, which wasn't ready. It was still like in a demo phase, played it and the sound wasn't quite right. And it was weird because I think Amanda Holden was like, oh, I think our sound guys have done you an injustice because oh. we couldn't hear all the violins properly. And, but we can hear it's a great song. So it's like, yes, Alicia Dixon, yeah, something's wrong with the sound, but yes. Uh, David Williams was like, oh, it's incredible. And he got quite serious for a moment. He's like, yeah, I think you have so much more to offer because we know something wasn't quite right. But it's a yes. Then it comes on to Simon Cowell and he goes, well, for me, that was torture. <gasps> oh! <laughs> I hate him. Oh my God. Torture. What a dick. Yeah. And I literally, I thought, no, this cannot be happening. He's going to, he's going to do the whole, I didn't like it. I love it kind of thing. Yeah. He's like, oh, that was torture. <laughs> Never came. <gasps> yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like, the violinist, you were out of tune. <laughs> oh. And these are like the top, top, top violinists. <laughs> he's like, yeah. Oh he was my like, God. yeah. He's like, there's nothing there I've not seen before. Where, uh, do you think- like, did it go on TV that bit in the end? No, no, it, it didn't. So that, and do you know what? It, it didn't get aired because I don't think it was, it's got, it got to be quite polarized. It's either they love it and yeah. it's all amazing or it's kind of, and it was a bit too in the middle. Or of it, and so. maybe the sound issue they felt guilty, yeah. for, not guilty for, but embarrassed of their yeah. sound issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I just, definitely think that. You just weren't meant, that show wasn't meant for you for whatever reason. Simple. No. Exactly. And the crazy thing is that song is the one I'm going to be playing in the Oto Arena. Ah, uh, yes. So. Much better. <laughs> you're doing it on your own. Was, a, was, that, yeah, was exactly. that before or after? That was that, that, was that pianist that won it. Or that won it. Yeah. But his... that's the thing. It was the year after and that girl's already signed to his label. So I think there was... Is he still around? Because that music, you don't need to say anything about it. I found it. It's cool, but quite predictable. It was da-da-da-da-da. Then suddenly... Mm. <laughs> it yeah. kind of went mental yeah. and every yeah. song was just that and it was a bit, yeah i wasn't but a fan for, for tv for tv it worked well the drama of, of the piano the lifting oh my god yeah. oh, they, they went mad <laughs> you, you hear but, about these shows though that they the, the artist just ends up having zero control over yeah. what they do and actually would you do, you do you really want fame in that way and to be that that person no because already it, it was just it's too much it's too mm. many voices and i was like trust me on this thing on this music i make creatively i need to lead it but we and we now know what you need though you need so short shorts topless leona <laughs> and, a, and a piano and yeah. hydraulics yeah exactly <laughs> that, that's the formula that then <laughs> then i'll win <laughs> oh, what assholes! What, what yeah. absolute assholes! I can't believe that is yeah, it? But it, it was all, it was all, it was but all right. good in the long run. You've had, you had a bad experience yeah. with a reality show as well, didn't you? <gasps> yes. Well, back in the Which girl, one? back in the girl band days, you know, hey. did did the old X Factor as a sort of last <laughs> last uh, try to to make it, as it were. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, they were all, yeah, they were all pretty horrible to us, to be honest. Um, wow. But you know, you get a vibe that they they kind of wanted you to react to make TV. Yeah. So we all just sort of clocked it and. And we were just very vanilla after that so that we wouldn't Brilliant, get yeah. slated on live TV. And the irony yeah. being that Holly's band had supported one of the judges' bands yes. on oh, tour. Yeah. yeah, we sang a Westlife song and it's kind of like uh, a, re- no re- a remix. And Louis was like, I've got to be honest with you girls. I didn't like the song choice. And I was like, well, you clearly didn't listen because that's one of your bands, Louis. Okay. <laughs> I know. I love it. I love it. I love it. Do you know, it's all, it's all drama. It's, I know. it's all acting. Mm. And the thing is for me, I took it seriously mm. i took it like i forgot that i need to, this is just it's a tv show yeah and they were trying to get a reaction and it's weird because the crowd is like half a standing ovation and half not yeah and you know it was it was a circus, it was a uh, circus. Mm. i didn't play my part is is if you want to win you've got to be a part of that yeah thing. yeah can we jump back to child like childhood you said something there <laughs> they said you were an athlete so I guess yeah. questions there. Number one, like what athlete were you? What sport? Then number two is more like, how did you then manage to fit being an excellent musician in with being an athlete? Because normally as a kid, you choose one. Like you choose yeah. sport or you choose piano. And then was it because your family were musical? Like was your house full of pianos and stuff? <laughs> what was no, the deal? So I, I was, we did have a piano in the house. And that's kind of why I started lessons. Because my mom saw I could play by ear from like a really young age. Like I'd, watch a cartoon I could pick out the melodies and 
Oh, and well. then when my dad would have guests over, he'd get me to do a performance for his <laughs> guests. Um, and so then I got classical lessons from like age nine. But I was never really into it. I did it, but I was into my sports. Um, and I wanted to quit piano about age 12 or 13. And my mum was like, no way. Refused <laughs> to allow it. Get mum, get mum. Yeah. And kept going. And then probably about from age 16, I started to really love it. I was like, now I can play the songs that I hear on the radio and I can really play it in my own style. And I remember spending whole summers just playing stuff. And uh, then I did my GCSEs yeah, and I did composition. I remember I got 57 out of 60 for this piece. And I thought it was just a fluke. I was like, it's just this one-off song that was quite good. And I was just, yeah, I focused. I wanted to play professional basketball. Um, are you tall? You're not that tall, are you? No, are I'm you? only six foot. I'm only six foot. But, uh, but you're good. <laughs> yeah, I was a good. I was a good athlete. So I, could, I was. A, I could run really fast. I could jump really high. So um, it was going quite well. I played a season for England university team. Oh, wow. And yeah, I was like, come on. Uh, yeah, it wasn't it? To be honest, it wasn't quite good enough to get to a good professional league. I could have probably played like low level pro which is not a good place. <laughs> <laughs> and then literally at the same time, I would have tried out for teams. I got the gig in Russia. So, mm. you know, but I was playing classical music the whole time throughout, even at uni, I had um, a piano scholarship to uni. So oh, I was still wow. doing um, classical lessons, which no one really knew about. Like even when I got to Russia, I remember I got a message saying, you're in Russia, what team are you playing for? <laughs> so people thought I'd gone out there to play basketball. I was like, no, I'm here playing the piano. <laughs> wow, so you're at a real crossroads. You could be a famous basketball player now then, or a really rubbish one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would be retired and yeah, no, it, would, it wasn't it wasn't the, the yeah. thing. And then career-wise now, you're doing lots, well, not lots, but I've seen a few, like brand partnerships. You're, you're, yeah. you're kind of, you're getting it's a kind of a good way to get your reputation out. Like, how did that happen? Like, so we, we met you last at the North Faith one. Yeah. I can't say that, yeah. Karen, North Faith. North uh, Faith. That's quite, <laughs> that's quite lispy for me. <laughs> the North Faith one, which is in like an old church and it was yeah. incredible. Like oh God, one of the best yeah. experiences so they had that year. Like yeah. how do all these partnerships happen? Like without a managing agent? Yeah, I thankfully just from being me, from mm. doing my, from doing what I do in my way, it, re it resonates with people. It's not contrived. It's not, I think that's why these people are approaching me. Like the North Face said, the reason we want to work with, they wanted to work with me was they've got a campaign about explorers. And they think I'm like an explorer in my field in music mm. because I'm fusing this style of music, this orchestral thing, you no know, lyrics, their synthesizers with it, the, the style of the concerts. It's like I'm pioneering, I'm exploring this, this genre. And that's where the connection came. And that that really gave me a boost because I'm like, I could have I could have tried to fit in more and try and get an easier route to success. But I was like, well, for whatever reason, this is the music I hear, this mm. is the vision I have for mm. it. And then I'm so glad you were at the show with North Face because that was one of the best ever. Um, and they had creative input, but for them to pretty much say, we want you to do a gig and we'll kind of just partner with you on it we've got a couple of directives we want to get some audience participation things in we had a really cool well they, like their lighting scheme to me was like what because they said we only want to use white and, and darkness no colored lights if you remember correctly you remember there's no purples no mm. reds no kind of warm lighting mm. it's just white and darkness mm. to really amp up the senses mm. i was like all right cool and it worked. Obviously, you were there. Mm. You, you felt mm. the intensity of, um, of that atmosphere and what we kind of created that night. So, yeah, I love working with brands who are just like, we love what you do. Mm. Um, let's, let's, let's work. So. And coming on to live music, how has it been? I can't believe we've avoided this question for like the whole podcast, but how has it been the last 18 months for you not being able to play anything live? How have you coped with it? Yeah, do you know, really, it's really strange it made me realize how much I love live music and playing live. Um, I don't even think I, I realized till it was taken away from me. Mm -hmm. And um, so I built this, this studio. I don't know if people, you know, some people can see, yeah. but yeah, yeah got like a log cabin and this is like a, just a creative project, just a, a nice space. And um, so I could stream 
well because I did a couple of live streams. I listened back to it. I was like, the audio was terrible. I wasn't happy with the videos. So now we've got like a couple of 4K cameras and different angles and I can do a good live stream. But even after that, it's like, uh, it's a bit empty. It's just a weird, it's nice, but it's like, you just cannot sort of be being an in, in, the in-person energy yeah. and atmosphere. Uh, so yeah, it's been it's been good to have this space. I've started doing music for TV and adverts, mm. so that's going really well. But yeah, for me, the the top, the pinnacle, the the best mm. thing is in the room with people, with live musicians, and that that's the best feeling. But you, uh, you had options, didn't you, at the start of lockdown? You could have just gone underground completely, not done anything, you just waited, and then of course you would have slightly fallen off people's radar to some degree. And I think they're the people that have succeeded to some degree in lockdown. The people thought that, you know what? This is going to be really unenjoyable. This yeah. is going to probably cost money buying the 4K cameras, buying the mics, yeah. building a log cabin. Is that yeah. in your garden or something? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So doing all of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And you've, you've stayed present. You've taught yourself new skills. Mm. And, and you could have not done that. And I think it's a wonderful thing that people, you know, people like you have actually done that. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think everyone I've spoken to has had some pretty dark days through all of this yeah. and then i think it's about how you bounce back from it a lot of musicians aren't musicians anymore they've gone into different things mm. um it's weird as when i like speaking to people after not speaking to them for a few months and their whole energy's changed you know these were like super positive bouncing off the walls kind of people and they're just yeah it really affected people heavily um so i know for me i was like we have to put that energy into something let's build like you're just doing the studio and searching mm. on youtube for studio design and this plant wall thing going on love it and, <laughs> love it yeah i got a piece of art that's coming onto this wall mm. next is that an egg timer you got an egg timer there egg yeah, timer, got timer got a couple oh, yeah. of... no the other side uh, what's egg timer that brown thing oh yeah. um, not an egg timer is that look, an egg look timer at look at this look at this i've built standing desk oh, oh. Know, so guys, we are seeing a desk that rises a rising desk so, no no literally a piano on hydraulics because the piano is yeah. on the desk so you have that already uh, yeah. oh comes out <laughs> love it yeah. is, out of um, interest is it what what part of your like, process is the egg timer involved for yeah so that's a 30 minute timer and that is phones off out the way 30 oh. minutes focus. love that yeah oh. Oh, Kim, do you do a lot of, yeah. I feel like you're someone who does a lot of personal development work. Do you read like yeah. the self-help books and all yeah. of that? I feel like that's the journey that you're, because you're so yeah. positive. Have yeah, you, have 100%. you always been positive? positive and grounded. Yeah. Yes. That yeah. Combo. Really good combo yeah. of that. Yeah. 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 But do you know, do you know what's weird? It's funny you say that because um, when I was in school, uh, one of the parents of one of our friends was in one of these like multi-level marketing things. <laughs> <laughs> but they were really successful. They were like, their pictures on the back of the book and they invited me to come to one of these things. And uh, I didn't join it, but that introduced me to like Tony Robbins yeah. and that sort of mindset of personal development. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, do you know what's funny? So like thinking back how that kind of the personal development thing went for me, but there's a Jim Rohn series on YouTube it is really long stuff. So he's got a four hour one and a six hour one. <gasps> and I say, does anything you do, like listen to that, it just to sort of set up your mindset for life and life philosophies mm. and how you approach things. Um, that was a bit of a, that was a game changer for me. How are we spelling that Rowan? So Jim, R-O-H-N, Jim Rowan. Okay. Do you know Tony Robbins? Yeah. yeah. So he's like Tony Robbins' mentor. Mm. Oh, really? oh he is okay, the guy. old guy. He, yeah, I he's think, the guy. I think he, it was him that said, um, did do the easy thing and life will be hard or do the hard thing and life will be easy. I think that was yeah. him, which and yeah, that always I mean, stuck with me. I love that quote. He has got the best sayings, all these sayings. And, but when you listen to him speak and uh, he's got this really quirky voice, <laughs> but um, yeah, things like that, they really help. Like I said, for me, it's more about life philosophies. And mm. if you've kind of got your... Um, your sales set, if you like. Then yeah. you, when things come and go, you can kind of make decisions mm. in, in a better way. Yeah. I'm always being affected by things. Do you have yeah. um, like a morning routine or, or a spiritual practice or something that you kind of do daily to, to make sure you're on top of your, you know, me mental health and personal development or is it just yeah. see how it goes? Yeah. Yeah. And no, I've got my morning routine. Um, it's up and I got this one from Tony Robbins. It's up and it's straight into your trainers and straight out the door to the gym. 
no so negotiation. I, I wake no before you've had a chance to talk yourself out of it. <laughs> I'm straight. I, I work out straight away. Fasted cardio or just a fasted workout. It's literally wake up, clothes on, straight out the door to the gym. Obviously, during lockdown, it would be like a. I was doing insanity. If you know insanity, yeah, yeah. That's, is that still going? I didn't yeah. know it's still going. That's I, old I've school. I've got it downloaded. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old school, baby. It works. <laughs> <laughs> so I do like a Sean T workout, but that's yeah, fasted workout. Uh, water. I have a little drink of um, some warm water, a bit of lemon juice, um, some cayenne pepper, and some apple cider vinegar. Um, I don't even know where that one came from, but it's supposed to be really good for you. Um, and then, yeah, it's the main things for me are my water intake and um, my, I wish I'd, and you know, the people, these like big meditation practices, maybe you guys do being in your space. For me, I just try and do the gratitude. So three things grateful mm. for. Nice. And I just, it takes one minute, I write yeah. it down three in the morning, three at night. Mm. And, um, and I've got an app called Visu app. So you can kind of make your vision board mm. in an app and just scroll through some of the images to kind of just things like that to mm. sort of stimulate mm. good vibes. You love that. Yeah, I love that. that. Yeah, so yeah. check that out. And then I try and have a bit of comedy in the morning as well ah, before we get that. into the uh, into the, the, the heavy stuff and the news. Yeah. Always try and put on a bit of comedy. And um, it's, but it's yeah. I think it's That's finding there's so much you can do and people get attached like, oh, I've got to do meditation, affirmations, gratitude, blah, blah, blah. But I think it's just finding just even one thing that works for you and just do it every day. Mm. And it's those little things that end up making such a big difference to your life in the long run, isn't it? Yeah, massively. There are some people that have, there's one person we're going to have a guest on the podcast in a few weeks and his morning routine lasts till about 11 o'clock. <laughs> wow. like, but like he's like he is thriving. Who's but that? He's yeah. got, I will, I will come to that uh, another time. But reveal like, he, later. His routine is till 11 o'clock every day. He's got these yeah. things that he does and boy, he is like, he is doing well. I've got something yeah. that, again, I say from one of your interviews and it is some advice you gave and I think, you, I think it's advice targeted to new musicians but i think it can be applied to anyone who's trying to do well in anything and mm. your advice was to practice regularly and consistently listen to more genres of music so i.e expose yourself to new stuff yeah. record yourself listen back and analyze your own playing so mm. basically some nice self-reflection continually learn mu new music so develop skills perform live as much as possible so i put it into practice teach others really good and then decide what you want uh, from your music career and actually go for it. Mm. So is that something that you've kind of developed over the years? Like, or could you speak a little bit to that? Because that seems like really good advice for anyone in any kind of career. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely developed it, but the self-reflection thing I think is so important because for anyone, you've got these moments where you've really excelled in life. You've really, you've been smashing it. So for whatever reason, things worked for you. And you try and think, why did that happen in that moment? Why mm. was that successful? And for me, a big jump in my musicality and my sort of career musically was when I started teaching. Mm. So I used to teach online. And then I read something saying that when you teach, you have to gather the information in a different way to when you just learn it. Because you have to learn it so, so inside out that you can then describe it to someone else. It like taps a different part of your brain. Mm -hmm. So they say the best way to learn is to teach mm. because you then learn it in a different way. So when I started teaching, I was, I had a, a, I was teaching on, on YouTube and I really had to analyze the music that I was going to teach and then break it right down. So I discovered all these new techniques for learning. So now I've got a way of learning music very quickly and it'll stay in my muscle memory forever really i could probably mm. play i can play for two hours constantly very comfortably mm. wow. yeah um and i learned that through teaching so it's like you learn all these things and through the self-reflection why was that successful and then i try and hold on to those lessons for myself and then and sort of develop it through life mm. that that note on teaching is so i think so relevant and actually like if i say that to yoga teachers like don't keep learning don't keep doing trainings practice mm. the skill of teaching like teach, wow. teach for a thousand hours. That's going to make wow. you a good teacher, not doing a thousand hours of academic stuff, mm. learning from someone else. But yeah. I think we're, we're running short on time now. So good we're going to do, do a, little, a few little quick fire questions. Yeah, go for it. I have one. Uh-oh. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you please tell us a vice or two of yours? <laughs> oh, sweets. Sweets. Sweets, yes. sweets and red wine. Amazing. That's not what, a vice. What, what sweet specifically? 
Skittles are the ah. devil. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what my routine is now is uh, Monday to Friday, no wine, no bread, no sweets. Mm. And Sunday I can be a kid and I can have all the sweeties I want. Yeah, balance. balance. <laughs> but only on a Sunday, yeah. So lockdown has been a time full of people buying stuff that just gets delivered to their house the next day. <laughs> Yeah. What have what have you bought that has been the best not regrettable lockdown buy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the best buy is the log cabin. This yeah. this space is, oh uh, yeah, it's so good to have just a separate space from the house. Um, really glad I did it. I, I honestly didn't know it, it's just a, a work in progress. So, okay, let's get it. Okay, let's get the carpet. Let's get the mirror. Mm. Let's get this. Um, I'm getting an update on it in a couple of weeks. We're going to get some new computers put in and yeah amazing. amazing if you could hear one song that's not yours before you die sorry a bit morbid but the last song that you're ever going to hear <laughs> what would it be yeah. do you know what? um there's a song called merry christmas mr lawrence Aww. and that has a very special meaning for me that i will keep to myself yeah. but that um yeah that's a very moving piece for me what, what is, is that a piano piece or it's a piano piece the composer is Ryuchi Sakamoto okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah Merry Christmas Mr. Lawrence it's amazing amazing and then on a slightly different note final question I think for me is is there you've done some f amazing covers of course by people we would imagine you would cover but then you've done like some amazing like hip-hop stuff some Ibiza stuff yeah what's being the most random cover that you've done and that maybe you didn't even play in public but what's the most random cover you've uh you explored do you know the, the most random one and I, i'm still trying to understand why so i've got way <laughs> way too much mileage out of this but dr dre still dre i mean i'm talking <laughs> the what we i've done a 110 shows playing dr dre orchestra music so we go we have the he plays album <laughs> with a rapper and an orchestra We've toured this show around USA, around Europe, uh, all around the UK. And for whatever reason, I think everybody wants to just feel like a gangster for an hour. <laughs> 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 okay, something that's still... Dang, 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 yeah. dang. Oh my <laughs> God, what? I mean, the world over. So that, good. That whole, that whole vibe, whatever they did in that, it's just amazing to see yeah so, that's so it's like lose yourself isn't it we were we were festival oh the weekend God. and there was like a hip-hop karaoke section yeah yeah um, there you go and there just go. seeing after like lockdown just seeing like <laughs> yeah. thousands of people when some some dude was it some random was it two girls or whoever were doing like like eight mile yeah, yeah. And, oh. oh that music when it comes on everyone it's just like something happens to people uh, doesn't it with that kind of music it just it taps into a part i think we all just want to feel that guy that girl <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know but it, it, you only yeah. get one shot do not yeah, miss your chance oh my god it's so good okay last question what's yeah. coming up for you in the future i mean what's your what's your yeah your vision so the vision is for me it's all about being on stage i think that's just it's really precious i i think it's all about touring the music around the world and creating that experience and like you said it's it's something a people some people only experience once in their life seeing you live seeing mm -hmm. your favorite or an artist you like live and for me to create that and make it special all around the world is the dream that is the dream and uh and with the orchestra with the best musicians in the world the people that care about the music you know it's not just the pay me it's like no they love the music they love the stage the vision the whole experience um that's what i'm trying to create and um and release a lot of music i think i want to be known as a prolific composer mm. so i want to release all this music that comes through me um i want to i want to share it amazing and logistically next oh, steps as in that was such a no, nice no, finish no, as in as in watch your instagram logistics. Oh, okay gigs, all right okay yeah okay. like all the stuff that you want people to know like yes. spotify whatever yeah all right so instagram is okiem official so it's o-k-i-e-m official um my website is okiemofficial.com you can watch the videos you can uh, stream the music and I'm not sure when this is going to be released in the world, but the next concert 
in London will be on October 9th. Okay. Please come along. Tickets are available on my website or they will be whenever this goes out. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally being put together as we speak, but we got the date, we got the venue and we're just creating the show. So come along. Oh my gosh. Right. We need to get tickets. We'll, we'll I don't we need we'll to be, be there. there. Yes. We'll, uh, we'll share. So it should be out any day now. So it's the 13th yeah. of August currently. So what, like by the weekend Next it should week. be out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Thank cool. you so awesome. much. Love chatting. We'll do a little official goodbye. <laughs> Thanks Cheers, for man. DM. See you guys. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, honestly, I'm balanced.